What's up, everyone? We're back for post-game Locked On Bucks. Milwaukee take down the Nets. The big game, Bucks, Frank. Uh, they win another national TV game. Giannis had another big night. It was fun. There's been a couple of rough games, so it was fun to see Giannis back out on the floor. Some strange lineups. We'll get to this in a little bit. And thing was the fact that Darvin Ham picked up his first win. He was pretty excited about this after the game. There's a cool social media video. So we're going to break it all down on post-game Locked On Bucks starting right now. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Kane. You can hear me on this show daily. Uh, Frank describes me in different ways, as those who follow me on Twitter might see. Uh, you can jump on there and see that. But Frank is joining me, the founder of brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast for today's episode that is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Price is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, we always thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every day. And even though it's a weekend pod, people will be waking up if you're a Bucks fan uh, feeling pretty happy. They beat the Nets 1-109. It wasn't really that close. Steve Nash took his starters out of the game with six minutes to go. But if we're going to do a weekend pod, if you want to know how this is worked out on Locked On Bucks for weekend pods, if it's a big game, if Giannis plays really well, you can almost guarantee there's going to be a podcast. Uh, that's pretty much how it goes. You reached out to me with, let's say, was it halfway through the fourth quarter? You sent me a little gif, and I was like, okay, we're in business. Uh, honestly, I, I thought I would responded to your question from <laughs> earlier in the day. No. I, I, like, I was one of those things where I, I thought I had said, yes, I could do it, because whatever, you know, um, I'm a washed-up dad uh, during a pandemic, so what am I doing on Friday nights, right? Um so, so yeah, I, 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 I intended to pod with you regardless, but obviously um, after the last two games in particular, uh, this was, I would say this was a more fun game than the last couple of games. Um, but not to say it was not weird and, and as you were alluding to, um, strange on, on a number of levels. And <laughs> I mean, we were talking about just before the game, I mean, in a game where the Bucks had basically no guards, um, you know, I would not have expected that they would outscore the Nets by 30 from three-point line and be outscored by 20 in the paint. They were, I mean, I, I mean, again, I think probably obviously a lot of this happened while the Bucs were in command of the game. So it didn't really feel like as big a deal because the Bucs were not really, you know, under threat for pretty much most of the second half. But the Nets scored 62 paint points tonight, which did not feel like that. Um, they had 14 offensive rebounds. So they got after on the glass and, and it's just weird. Like we were kind of saying, like it didn't really feel like a game where that was happening so much. Um, and, you know, I think just in general though, I look, you know, was this a, a statement when, I mean, no, I don't, I mean, the, the lineups are just too weird. I think just across the league in some ways. Come on, Frank, give him, kind of... give him a statement win. It's Mike Breen. 
It's uh, it's national TV. It's Friday night. It's the Nets. James Harden in it was the pregame a- package said that he wants to win this game. It was a really impressive win. Um, okay. I don't okay. think it like you know I don't think it says like oh the Bucks you know are gonna cruise if these teams meet in the in the playoffs. Um, but I mean you know this the nice part about tonight was the Bucks had um, even though Kyrie Irving was missing this game because he refuses to get a vaccine. Um, Overall, the Bucks were still in you know much worse shape in terms of COVID and, and other absences. And kind of as we alluded to, I mean, the list of guys that couldn't play felt longer than the list of guys that could. Um, and you know, ultimately the Bucks played a ton of dudes because they have signed Luke Cornette and uh wait, what's what's Downton's first name? Jeff Downton, someone who I'd never heard of before today as a COVID hardship signing. Um Langston Galloway played 20 minutes tonight. He was playing for the Nets last week, and now he's playing for the Bucks. Um, and uh, and he had four assists in 20 minutes. So just a really weird game. But uh, you know, at the end of the day, the Bucks had a Giannis, uh, 31 points on 17 shots, nine assists. They had a Bobby Portis, uh, 20 points in the first half, 25 for the game, 12 rebounds. He was a game high plus 27, and you know, you look at the starting five, Chris Middleton, slow first half, finishes with 26 and five, got basically got to his averages, really big third quarters. The Bucks blew out, blew open their lead. And then I think just big credit to Jordan Wara and Wes Matthews as the guys stepping up off the bench to to give them minutes as starters tonight. And I, I didn't think you wanted to look much further than that. You know, it got pretty, uh, pretty scary at times with, with some of those bench units, especially in the second quarter, which we can talk about when Giannis gets the foul trouble. But um, I think both Wara and especially Wes Matthews taking the responsibility of guarding Kevin Durant tonight. Um, you know, again, KD was very good as he always is, but um, it was not easy for him. And Wes Matthews, 12 points on nine shots. I mean, you take that, take that every day. So, um, you know, ironically, I was, we were talking the other day about, well, have the Bucks have, have the Bucks had an impressive win this year outside of opening night against the Nets? And I think now the answer is yes, because now they have another win against the Nets, and they certainly were very shorthanded tonight, and it did not stop them from really controlling this game from from the opening tip. In the opener, I mentioned uh, Ham, and I, I think it is important. This is something that we overlook. We talk about all the players that are out of the lineup, but obviously Mike Budenholzer wasn't there. Charles Lee wasn't there tonight. Uh, Blaine Mueller, an assistant coach, has been out in the protocols. Patrick St. Andrews. So this is the other part that we that never really gets reported on. But the Bucks coaching staff, like many around the league, but the Bucks coaching staff in recent weeks has been absolutely decimated as well. And they definitely uh, noted that after the game. But yeah, I said in our group DM that I thought uh, Javante Smart was going to start. He played three minutes, so I was a little bit wrong uh, on that one. And I guess looking at it, you can say, well, they didn't really need they didn't really need guard out there when you've got Chris, you've got Giannis. We've got used to them going to saying, well, let's just run Chris Milton, Giannis pick and roll in fourth quarters of games. Well, they did it from the, the, the start in this one. And Giannis, if it wasn't for foul trouble, which by the way, all those fouls were probably pretty questionable. And, and maybe also say there was maybe a silly and unnecessary fouls that, that Giannis picked up 11 minutes in the first half. But maybe the biggest takeaway from this game for me Frank, is the fact that when I'm looking at Brooklyn, they didn't have an answer for Giannis last year, albeit... Blake Griffin, Blake Griffin actually did a pretty you know, respectable job defending him. Griffin's looked absolutely washed so far this season, and they haven't added anyone else any chance of slowing him down in any capacity, which to me, that's probably going to add Kyrie Irving. They're going to have the star power. But they, do they have anyone that's going to slow down Giannis in any way? I'm not so sure. 
Yeah, I mean, the, the Nets, you know, give them credit, right? I mean, the question last year was, could they defend at all, uh, slash at a high enough level um, yeah. to be competitive? Um, you know, right now, I'm just looking at the NBA.com defensive rankings. They're 14th, but they're only 0.3 points per 100 behind the Bucks, who are ninth. And the Bucks are only uh, 0.2 points per 100 behind the Jazz, who are sixth. So from six to 14 is a half a point per 100 possessions in terms of defensive uh, uh, points allowed. So, um, you know, we saw it during that playoff series. I mean, I thought that the Nets held up very well defensively. Um, maybe some of that was was sort of self-inflicted from the Bucks side. But um, certainly in terms of slowing down Giannis, you know, he looked very much at ease tonight. You mentioned the pick and roll. Um, you know, again, Nick Claxton uh, came alive a little bit on the offensive end as a role man in the fourth quarter, but for the most part, it, it's just really hard physically to compete with Giannis. And, you know, tonight, uh, I mean, we saw a lot of Cam Thomas, um, you know, Steve Nash just experiments a ton during the regular season. I mean, you know, we saw last year, like DeAndre Jordan was the guy defending Giannis basically throughout the regular season. And then he didn't play at all in the playoffs. We've seen him kind of do random stuff. We barely saw Bruce Brown, in the regular season last year against the Bucks, we barely saw him tonight. Although I thought when he came in again, the Bucks had a big lead at that point, but he was pressuring Chris Middleton and, um, you know, basically making Chris's life a lot less comfortable, just as he did during the, during the playoffs last year, when he was the guy that started a number of games and was able to put some pressure on Chris and make Chris's job harder. But again, Bruce Brown then brings compromises on the other side. So, you know, you never, I mean, even when the nets are healthy, it's been kind of random in the pre the regular season, like who they're going to play against the box and how they're going to try to stop Giannis. But the only constant has been that they haven't been, <laughs> been able to stop Giannis really aside from game two of the playoffs last year, when kind of everything went wrong. Um, it's been just a guaranteed 30 plus every night for Giannis and tonight, 31 on 17 shots. He had a couple threes um, and to do it in just 27 minutes, you know, mainly due to the foul trouble. Um, again, they just don't really seem to have an answer for him. And, I thought it was interesting as well. You know, you try to play Claxton, put Claxton on Giannis to at least put a big sort of athletic guy out there against him. But especially in the first half, you know, the Bucks with Bobby Portis, they're they're blitzing those pick and rolls with James Harden. They had a harder time getting the ball really like deep to Claxton. And because of the way the Bucks are playing, Harden wasn't just driving into the paint on pick and rolls. He wasn't able to throw alley-oops to Claxton. And so... Nick Claxton, if he catches the ball at 17 feet out, it's very different than if he catches it at seven feet or eight feet, or if he's, you know, able to just go up for an alley-oop. He got going a little bit in the fourth quarter there, but the Bucks just sort of never let the Nets really play with a lot of pace. And, you know, meanwhile, Giannis had, you know, I'm just thinking of that one play he had where he basically went, what, two, two dribbles and 75 feet and kind of ball faked James Harden away and, and was able to get a, a, a driving layup. I think that put them up over 20 in the third quarter. So, um, you know, again, Giannis pretty much, uh, every game since he's returned, I think he's been above 30 points. I think maybe that the one game, um, I think it was one game, what he had 28 points a week ago, uh, in one of the, one of the wins, but, um, Ridiculous. but yeah, he's just playing at an extremely high level. It was nice to see a couple of threes go down tonight and, um, the passing passing. Let's talk about the passing a little bit. We, you know, I, we always sort of take it for granted, uh, but especially he had a couple plays and especially in the fourth quarter tonight drives baseline or drives baseline is like 
going way out of bounds, is able to get the ball to Jordan Wara Wara. Um, I mentioned his spot-up shooting this year has been much improved. Came into this game at 42% on spot-up threes. He had a big one as, you know, I mean, again, the Bucks were up like 12, I think, at the time or so. Um, but he had a contested corner three off a really nice Giannis find to kind of, again, keep the nets at arm's reach. And then the whip underhand pass from Giannis cross-court to Bobby Portis in the corner for a three that I think got the lead back up to 20 in the fourth after the nets have been showing some life. Um, this is a pretty, pretty fun game. And, you know, again, nine assists from Giannis. Um, he was, uh, he was dealing again. And, uh, you know, by the way, he reacted to Bobby's three. Um, he, he likes to show off, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to say he was assist hunting Kane, but, uh, but he, uh, you know, he definitely liked, uh, he definitely likes, uh, reminding people that, that, uh, that he can pass. And, uh, uh, tonight, you know, he kind of was able to show the full arsenal offensively. Foul trouble plus the box, just blowing out Brooklyn. Uh, cost him a triple double. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that disappointed about it. Uh, but you wouldn't have been that disappointed about it if you had Giannis in Price Picks, the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. He was racking up the stats, and Price Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator, and offers all the superstars like Giannis, as well as the players uh, that only record a handful of minutes but uh, provide valuable contributions. Uh, like the Bucks tonight, Rodney Hood. I don't know what the uh, I don't know what the prop was for him, but he's been starting to find a rhythm. Uh, all all use it and use the promo code NBA will receive a 100% instant deposit match up. To, so keep that in mind. Just go to PricePix.com, use the promo code NBA, or go to your app store and download the app. PricePix is daily fantasy made easy. Uh, but that's not all we got going today. Shopify. Uh, I, I tell you, Shopify the resources once reserved for big businesses so upstart startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere synchronize online in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility believe me this podcast started out selling i don't know what i don't know what we're uh, honestly I, I don't have the figures but all i can say is booming this podcast right now compared to where it was Frank, but by the way, you get the credit for it. You were sitting right there. I'm not talking you down. It's got nothing to do with me. This is just the the, the booming business that is locked on bucks. And like this podcast, Shopify power power sale to full scale. Uh, more than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is possibility powered by Shopify.com slash locked on MBA. That's all lowercase for a free 14-day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Great business with Shopify today. Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's Shopify.com slash LockedOnNBA. So this pass that you're talking to Bobby Portis, Giannis is going down the court. He's fist pumping, giving it to the crowd a little bit. Almost reminded me of him celebrating after, you know, during game six of winning the title. And it's like, well, it's only January, but I'm still into it. But after the game, Eric Nail, of his great friend, you were looking a little bit like Jokic out there. And then he started answering his, and I'm not 100% sure, but I feel like Giannis might have been a bit annoyed that he said he was looking like Jokic. He was probably in his head thinking, no, I'm looking like Giannis. I can pull off this pass. I've done this before. But the pure power of that pass, when I was watching this, but I was definitely sitting there because I reckon I, I don't think my hands would be up fast enough. My head would be, my head would be in the twentieth row. Uh, that had some zip on it. Yeah, and it was right in the shooting pocket, right? I mean, um, I, oh, yeah. I think, yeah. I, you know, I mean, the, the way Giannis passes, he's often 
especially the way the Bucks spread the floor. Like I think from from early stages of Bud, you know, it was kind of about him getting to know like where people would be. And a lot of times he's throwing kind of more to spots than throwing to the guy that he's seeing. Um, and so as a result, like he's not always the most accurate passer, you know, when he's when he's kind of making those those dishes. Um, but that one, you know, he, well, he he didn't jump up in the air and then have to make that adjustment, right? Like the, the war of three in the fourth quarter I mentioned, that's like a really improvisational type play. It's really hard to make a great pass there. Um, but that Bobby pass, I mean, you know, to do it the way he did it, you know, I don't know how, how good of a bowler Giannis is. Um, but to, to whip it the way he did, it was just really impressive. And I mean, one fluid motion, Bobby catch up down. Bobby was enjoying that one as well. Um, and a nice reminder, you know, Bobby had the huge first half, um, for him to then kind of keep it going there and have a nice little punctuation mark at the end was, was fun, even though Giannis and Chris, uh, were doing most of the work in the second half. I think that that pass, let's just remember made that pass. I think that pass would have sent a shiver down James Harden's spine because it was only a few years. (laughs) I had the exact same thought. Like it was, yeah, it was a little more like up. Um, if people are watching this on YouTube, I'm like, I'm like doing it. Like I was like under versus up, but I had the exact same thought. Cause it was from that side of the floor. He was much higher on the floor tonight when he did it versus he was in the post when he pegged James Harden in the head, uh, in Houston a couple years back. But, but yeah, I had the same exact thought. It was like a similar type of motion, like almost like a high like a high stick, like, or whatever a high thing is called. Um, he really whipped it. I got to go back and watch the replay and see if Harden was even on the floor. I, I can't remember right now, but if he was in proximity, his life definitely flashed before his eyes. Yes, Matthews, we you brought him up and, and they guaranteed his contract today. So that was the news. I don't think the big surprise. We spent a lot of time talking about Boogie Cousins the other day, which didn't it didn't work out that way. Uh, but West Matthews tonight, news. you quote unquote uh, news, right? Like it was like it was a shock. Yeah, exactly. But you saw the day that he might be a good guy. Um, that you know, defensively you can put on different guys. They did start possessions on Kevin Durant, although I will say I'm always a little bit... I mean, we saw PJ Tucker pushing the absolute limits of physical defense in the postseason last year. P kind of a guy that kind of gets away with that because they're like, ah, and he's physical. We won't blow the whistle there. I'm not sure that other players get away with the benefit of the doubt. Certainly, Shemi Ojale didn't tonight in his couple of possessions where he was trying to defend Kevin Durant. Wes Matthews did a decent job tonight. Um, Like you said, it's no surprise that he's around here. Um, But we've seen him take these type of matchups before. The one thing I will point out, and you mentioned that you thought maybe they would try him on James Harden. We saw a couple of Milton was on the perimeter in front of Harden. We discussed this uh, a couple of nights ago. That's the matchup. Chris isn't. He he can't stay in front of, you know, even, even James Harden right now. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out moving. Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, you know, normally Drew, you would say, yeah. okay, put Drew on, on Harden, right? But if they have Kyrie in a game, um, somebody's, you know, Drew can't guard both those guys, so you'd have to figure out what what to do. Um, I thought it was a little weird. Like, it, it didn't seem like the Bucks were... I, I remember Wes doing it. Wes at one point shaded Harden to go right, because obviously as a left-handed player, we know what he can do. I mean, famously, you know, the old Eric Bledsoe defense, right? Which was basically just concede him to go right so that he can't get to that left hand. Um, I thought it was interesting. It, it <laughs> I was kind of like getting annoyed. I was like, you know, I mean, fortunately, I mean, he started really slowly. What was he like one for eight or something or two for 10 in the first half. Um, it was a real struggle for Harden. Bucks were 
you know, playing physical and the refs were not kind of falling for his antics. Um, you know, he's, he's gotten much better as the season has worn on, but this felt much more like, you know, what we saw from him early in the season in terms of some of the struggles bounced back a bit in the third quarter. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I think Wes, I, I mean, I, I just remember a couple years ago, Wes had had time defending Harden when he was in Houston, when he, when Wes is into Wes's first stint with the Bucks. Um, I thought, I thought, yeah, like I said, I thought Wara would start. I thought Wes would start, but I thought they would put Wes in to defend, uh, 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 Harden and then Chris, we saw, we've seen him obviously have to defend KD at times. Yeah. Um, so it was interesting that they kind of flipped that and had Chris on, on Harden. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's kind of interesting. Like, I mean, Chris's defense at this point, like, I, I feel like Chris, especially in the regular season is kind of in like cruise control defensively, let's say. Um, I, I would say Chris is not a good regular season defender at this point, pretty mediocre. He definitely, I'd say among the Bucks kind of regulars, gives up, uh, let's just say his fair share of blow buys and, and let's just say not the, the stoutest defense from him. Um, but obviously, you know, the team defense in general was really good on, on Harden and it didn't really kind of hurt them too much tonight. And, you know, I thought Chris did a, a good enough job, obviously. So, but yeah, I think have to feel good again, you know, Wes just continues to be this great story. Um, first play of the game ends up being a West post up for an and one. Okay. Uh, not what you necessarily expect. He had another play in the second half, I think it was, where he dro- drove in and hit kind of like a, a mid-range step back as well um, and ends up, hits a couple threes. He ends up with 12 points on nine shots. I mean, again, 12 points, nine shots, plus, what was he, plus 19, and Katie was a minus 19. Um, you really couldn't have asked for much more from Wes Matthews tonight. And again, I think, you know, you want to be reasonable about this and not assume that, He's just going to be able to, you know, go in and and make Kevin Durant have to work super super hard, and he's going to, you know, keep Kevin Durant down. I mean, tonight Katie had kind of a slow start, and he still ends up with whatever it was, 27, 29 points on 19 shots. I mean, again, the guy's just really really good. Um, but you know, I think Wes just did a really nice job of kind of towing that line of physicality, you know, getting some strips, forcing some turnovers, um, and just not making it too easy on Katie. Uh, and that's, again, I think at the end of the day, like that's kind of all you can do. And I think, you know, when you look at the nets tonight, um, the three point shooting, right. I mean, I mean, this was the story. I mean, this was why the bucks had such an easy win tonight. Um, they shoot 16 out of 45. Okay. 36%, right. Nothing great. Um, but the nets only take 27 threes and only make six. You mentioned Patty Mills, obviously not doing his normal thing that we're used to. Um, but KD was only one out of three from, from deep. Harden was just one out of three from deep. And again, I think this is what kind of what happens with the um, the Nets is they kind of just, they, they play with, you know, they get in these traps where they just sort of don't play with any pace. And then Harden and Duran in particular, you know, they're obviously great one-on-one players, but especially with kind of, you know, the, the, the lack of ideal depth right now. And, you know, David Duke's out there, who's not a three-point shooter. Um, Cam Thomas, can hit some jump shots, but Giannis was on him at times and was pretty much just like, knock yourself out, shoot threes. He was one out of five. Um, you know, it just didn't feel like the Bucks or the the Nets were really putting a lot of pressure on the Bucks and forcing them into rotations and forcing them to scramble. And I mean, that's the thing, right? Like just, they just didn't even take many threes, right? And the Bucks, we know, typically give up tons of three-point attempts. So, um, you know, it was mentioned on the broadcast, they were only what, five or six out of 21 
against Indiana earlier this week. So the Nets are one of these teams that, again, because of the way they play, they're very one-on-one oriented. And right now they don't have um, Joe Harris. He's been out for a while. Uh, they just don't have quite the same dynamism as as a shooting team that uh, you know maybe you would you would like them to have, given just some of the talent they have. But uh, but you know, kudos to the Bucks defense. They didn't rely on just purely the Nets missing all their shots. They also actually kind of prevented them from <laughs> from taking tons and tons of threes. Um, and at the end of the day, you know, wasn't like a, a, a big lockdown effort from the Bucks defensively, um, a 111 defensive rating, but a fair bit of that. You know, the the Nets kind of garbage time junk team came out there and um, cut into the lead a bit as, as you alluded to. So um, overall, you know, Hey, um, you lit up the scoreboard uh, with a makeshift <laughs> lineup. Um, the Bucks offense has, has actually been pretty, you know, with the exception of like the second half against Toronto, the, the Bucks offense has certainly continued to do its job of late. And um, obviously when, when Chris and Giannis are doing what they do, and then you get these kind of step up efforts from, Bobby, who's been doing it all year, but then, as you mentioned, Rodney Hood stepping up and hitting some shots, Jordan Wara hitting some shots, uh, and Wes Matthews hitting some shots. I mean, that's that's the recipe, obviously, right now with the lack of depth they have, and in particular with Drew and George Hill out. Rodney Hood is a Mark Breen special. Uh, he played really well in the game against New York. Uh, so when Mark Breen's on the call, you can expect big things from Rodney Hood. That's what I've taken away from the early part of this season. You mentioned their offense, uh, Brooklyn's offense, in the way that they were missing those threes. And when it did get a little bit stagnant and a little bit sluggish there and, and bogged up, I guess, whatever whatever word you want to use, I was looking at some of those in the corner and they were kind of looking at me if I don't have a built bar late in the afternoon and I, I'm, I'm, I'm looking really sluggish as well. That's what those guys, David Duke, looked like he needed a built bar in the corner there. Hopefully he doesn't take one. For take one, is that anyway? Whatever. Hopefully, he doesn't have a bill while they play the Bucks next. So, very uh, legal product, uh, beautiful product, delicious product, best tasting protein bar out on the market. There's no doubt about that. It's good for you. It's healthy for you, and it will help you hit your throat bar. It's a new year, so if you want to stick to your New Year's resolutions, you may as well be tasting uh, protein protein bars, built bars for the first time because they taste so good. Uh, you'll just want to get more and more. Only at built.com, use the code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order. That's uh, built.com. Use the promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your order there at Built. Any other stat that the broadcast showed that I found kind of crazy and I thought of you straight away, Frank. The Bucks now 22-0 and 0 when they lead through three quarters so far this season. And we know they had that comeback win on Christmas, but this was the theme that we spoke about a lot on the podcast through last year. The Bucks were just winning games and they're in front and they would go on and win the game. But 22 and 0 when they're leading through three quarters at the stat. Yeah. And so that what means that they're four and 15 when they're, when they're losing <laughs> after three quarters. That's the, I guess that's the downside, right? Um, Don't worry but yeah. And, yeah. I mean, and, and I think just, you know, to me, the, you know, it's interesting. The second half was, was pretty performative, basically like, you know, Chris, as you said, came out, um, hit a three off of Giannis kick out on the, I think it was the first possession. Um, he gets a four point play then maybe it was a couple possessions later, by the way, I was pissed because Durant, I think he had four fouls, um, got the benefit of a tie up call on Giannis. And I think, Two or three times Giannis got tied up tonight. And when they showed the replay, it like looked like a clear foul. 
um, uh, on on the Nets players. I think in that case, KD looked like he raked him across the arm before he tied him up. So I was like, hey, review that tie-up call. Or And again, I don't know if you could review it for a foul. I think you probably could. Um, I was actually thinking like, hey, why don't you... Why don't you review that? Because Durant had four fouls. So if Kevin Durant picks up his fifth foul, you know, a couple minutes into the third quarter, I mean, that's actually like, like, you know, a big deal. Like they probably, you know, consider sitting him down at least, you know, at that point. Um, or you're just a foul away from, you know, him being fouled out entirely. Obviously, it ultimately didn't matter. Nick Claxon also, uh, by the way, yes. Um, I think it was, Cla- I, I can't remember if it was Claxon or uh, Kessler. I think it might, maybe it was Kessler. But, um, but yeah, the Nets just, oh, we're, we're tying up Giannis, we're blocking him. No, you're not. You're fouling him, just getting the, the benefit of the official. But um, but to me, I think that, that really the key part of this game was the second quarter. We alluded to Giannis getting the foul trouble and having to sit down. I was a little worried about um, Darvin Ham being maybe a little too conservative, taking Giannis out, and is he going to just sit him the rest of the for second quarter and then, you know, that's the golden opportunity for the Nets to make a run, especially because Chris sat down for uh, a fair bit of that uh, period as well. Um, but, you know, huge credit to obviously Bobby Portis, first and foremost, he was the the man of the first half. But, um, you know, I was looking at the lineup we had. I mean, I think there was, a, I mean, that at some point there was, you know, um, Rodney Hood and Langston Galloway and Shemi Ojale, I think we're all on the floor together without Giannis or Chris. And it's like, <sighs> that is, uh, that is not a lineup I'm, I'm betting on, uh, to, to, you know, carry me with, uh, with, uh, with Giannis and Chris on the bench, but Bucks were able to survive and not just, you know, kind of maintain a lead, but actually expand their lead and they go up 60 to 49 heading into the halftime. So to me, that was sort of the biggest stretch of the game was just the fact that the Bucks, you know, Giannis picking up those fouls opens the door for the Nets to to kind of wake up and maybe go on a run with with the Bucks, you know, showing their very stretched uh, bench uh, on the floor. But again, the fact that they were able to not just hang, <clears throat> hang on, but expand that lead um, was huge, especially because Chris, even when Chris was in the game, I mean, he had five points and was generally really struggling in the first half. So that was to me the the big focal kind of stretch of the game. And again, uh, does it <laughs> does it matter in the play for a, you know a playoff preview? No. Um, but as we've been saying, I mean, like this is a weird season. You know, you love beating the Nets. Um, that's a potential playoff rival. You've now got a 2-0 lead on them in the season series. So if it comes to like a head-to-head tiebreaker or something like that, you at least won't lose that head-to-head tiebreaker. Um, and so, you know, again, just picking up wins right now, especially with the the COVID situation that it is, you have to go to Charlotte on Saturday, which is not an easy place to play and do a back-to-back. If you lose tonight, you know, you're staring down the barrel of a four-game losing streak. Um, and again, you know, it's not like you're on the verge of tumbling out of the playoffs or being in the play-in, but... It's a weird season, right? I mean, if God forbid you lost lost Giannis for a month later in the season or something like that, you know, you want to be banking wins when you've got those chances now. And obviously, to do it against a Nets team where both James Harden and Kevin Durant were available tonight, I mean, it's it's important. And like I said, I I will grant you, Kane, this was this was a big win. This was an impressive win by regular season standards. Fist pump for you. Yes, I'm acknowledging it. Um, and, uh, and it was a fun one too, right? Because we got to see Giannis 
and Chris and Bobby, kind of the guys that we've been used to seeing deliver, they did kind of what was needed. Um, but then we also got to see some peppered in kind of more, some more, more random contributions as well. Um, and, and again, Wes Matthews is like my, my kind of personal favorite guy on this roster right now. We talked, you know, in the preseason about George Hill coming back and you try and go win a championship with George Hill back. Now you've got Wes back as well. I think it's just a really fun subplot just to see those guys back with the team. Wes in particular, um, you know, not being on a roster for so long. I mean, how, how is he not on an NBA roster is kind of a, you know, obvious question at this point. And again, you just hope he can, can easy, maybe he doesn't shoot 43% from three the rest of the way, but um, just his defense and, you know, just shot making and um, just the kind of just veteran kind of B-ball IQ stuff he brings to the floor. It's obviously just been a really, really big addition, especially, um, you know, given just the uncertainty night tonight as far as who's going to be available. But hey, you know what? It's Friday night. The Bucks just beat the Nets again in convincing fashion. Um, James Harden again did very little um, and looked frustrated. Uh, and Giannis got his 30 plus points. Chris Middleton did his thing. Bobby Portis was uh, a one. By the way, the, the two easiest uh, attempts Bobby had tonight was his, his breakaway dunk that he missed. And then he had that, and I think it was early in the fourth quarter. Uh, I forget who, someone gave him a shovel pass, which would have been just like an, an uncontested dunk or a layup. And he kind of fumbled it away. And I was just like, man, Bobby, 25 points and like the two easiest buckets he had tonight, tonight he booted away. But uh, he, he everything that wasn't easy, uh, Bobby Bobby put away. He was a beast on the boards again. And um, I I guess one one other comment just on Bobby. Um, some, some, we were talking uh, in, in our thread um, and Mitchell, our friend Mitchell was asking like, you know, how much of this is, is this like, is Bobby doing something different? Because, you know, I tweeted out, he, he scored 12 points in the entire Nets series last year. He only played 58 minutes with six out of 18, uh, obviously was a non-factor, only played in four of the seven games. Uh, tonight, he's this huge factor. Obviously, again, it's regular season. The Bucks are, you know, missing Brooke Lopez and a bunch of other guys. Is there anything fundamentally different this year versus last year? In terms of you know Bobby and his call it his playability against the Nets, um, and I would say a he's I would say you know offensively he's been even better this year, uh, and you know I think even during the throughout the playoffs last year I mean you know the 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 Suns matchup was not an easy matchup for him either right if you're a pick if you're a big man defender who isn't like a great you know defender in pick and roll and you have to go against Chris Paul and Devin Booker that's really tough. And he managed to make a big impact in that Phoenix series, um, especially offensively, but he also had some moments defensively. So I think it'd be interesting to see if the, the you know, if the Bucks face the, the Nets in the playoffs, you know, we've seen them kind of hedging really hard um, at times, even just straight up doubling uh, on pick and rolls. Uh, we saw them do that tonight. And especially in the first half, Harden really struggled with it. Uh, again, over a long series, can you just continually do that over and over and over again? I don't know. I mean, again, I don't think dropping Bobby is really the answer. Um, so probably having some sort of combination of of doubles, of switches, and then of shows and recover is probably what you'd have to do. Um, but again, I think the upside is they're they're doing that all season now. They're practicing it a ton, um, and you know, for the most part, they're they're kind of holding up. So um, have to feel good for Bobby Portis. Um, just the way this season is shaking out, I don't think it's an option for Bobby to not be a major factor. In, uh, in every playoff series the Bucks have. So shout out to Bobby. The, the season of Bobby Portis continues the mayor of future mayor of Milwaukee 
uh, once again, getting it done for us and um, maybe getting a, a little measure of uh, redemption after. Uh, I, well, I think I think Bobby's fully redeemed, to be clear, but against the Nets, at least um, reminding the Nets that, uh, yes, he will not be a non-factor if they if they have to play them again. Yeah, he's been awesome all year. And Giannis just tweeted out a bunch of and the hashtag All Star, whatever it is. So you can go on Giannis's Twitter, retweet. Giannis in votes. Uh, Drew Holiday was one player. Chris Milton was one player, and Bobby Portis was one player. So get those votes in for Bobby in himself for All Star. Should he's had a good season? I'm not sure he's going to get there season. Uh, there's no doubt about that. So we'll wrap it up. This is a fun one on the weekend. The Bucks beat the. That's always good to beat a fellow contender who's out on the floor, on the road, national TV. It was a good one. So we'll be back to start next week in the middle of this back-to-back set two games in Charlotte. So we'll be able to wrap up the first game, look ahead to the second one. For Frank and myself, have a good rest of your weekend, and we'll catch you next week.